What's up, independent insurance agents? Are you finally fed up with the massive amounts of time, money, resources being allocated to customer service within your agency? Is this causing your agency growth and revenue to become stagnant or even decline? The answer to this frustration is Glovebox, the premier mobile and web self-servicing solution made by successful independent insurance agents just like us, specifically for independent insurance agencies. Guys, this is the only platform with direct carrier connections. Glovebox gives your clients the power to engage within their writing carriers and you, their agency, in a single, easy-to-use platform. Mention the Insurance Guys podcast and get 20% off of your monthly subscription for life, guys, for life. This isn't an intro deal. This is for life. Schedule your demo with Glovebox today. Thanks. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for I Protect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, here's a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team of American rivals, five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? That was maybe the tightest intro you've ever done. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Bradley, public apology here. I was giving you hell this morning on a group chat about what you were going to be doing for the next two months. We were waiting on our all-star guest today that is going to help me change the insurance industry in 45 minutes to one hour's time frame. And you and I had a chance to talk for about 15 minutes, and I owe you a public apology. Bradley Flowers, ladies and gentlemen, if he follows through what he just told me, is in the middle of I'll be in it. A, I'll be a, in it when this episode drops. That's right. Yeah. Having a life-changing event because I'm taking long- a, a two-month, no email, no social media. I'm deleting everything off my phone, but text and, and phone calls. Wow. Or paternity leave with, wow. with my and my lovely wife's new child. So Bradley, you do realize at one time I offered you one thousand dollars. No, cash. you it was a hundred thousand, I think. I thought no, you said you would do it for a hundred thousand. Oh, okay. Okay. I, that's true. And that was on a podcast. Yeah. I said, Bradley. You won't take off for 30 days for a thousand dollars. And you're like, I'll do it for a hundred (laughs) thousand. Well, at that time I had no team. I had no, I had no team on the insurance side. I had no team on the social media side. I had no assistant. I have all that now. So I can do that. It would have cost me a hundred thousand dollars to put all those things in place. And I would have maybe kept 20, you know? Well, I'm proud of you. I'm very proud of you. And I don't know what else to say besides intro wow. our guest. Just wow. Guys, we have a very special podcast for you today. We have an all-star guest with us today. I've told him we're going to solve all of the insurance industry's problems in less than one hour. My feeling on it is that every insurance a, a carrier in America will probably have a 50 to 100 foot statue, bronze of course, at each of their corporate locations with uplighting of he and I both after this podcast today, because we are about to solve every single problem that is in the insurance industry. So without further ado, I want to give him the introduction he has always deserved. Ladies and gentlemen, he is originally from Dublin, Ireland. He currently resides in New York City. He is married to the beautiful Emma, and they have two beautiful babies. He is a graduate of the University of Salford, and he is the co-author 
of a book entitled The AI Book. His chapter focuses on frictionless insurance in a land of utility. His previous experience includes being the vice president and head of UK insurance for Gemini and partner at Deloitte Digital, where he focused on technology and insure tech. He was a lead for Google Cloud Alliance for insurance and co-lead of the global insurance tech team. His roots are in analytics, modeling, AI, and behavioral analytics. And today, he is the managing director of insurance for a small, little-known company called Google Cloud. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you first-time guest on the IGP, Mr. Nigel Wash. How are you, Nigel? I love the intro, Scott. That is awesome. I'm going to take a little clip of that and play it back to my kids. They're then going to call me a loser for loving insurance so much, but I'm okay with that. But I love it. I'm great, thank you. How are you guys doing? For a nominal fee, Scott will follow you around everywhere you go and walk into rooms ahead of you and hear ye, hear ye, and and announce your entry into said room. Like a town crier? Yes, correct. Exactly. That, thank you. Thank you. Guys, let me tell you why I love Nigel Walsh. He is passionate. I love people with passion. And not only is he passionate, he is passionate about the insurance industry, insurance tech, insure tech. He is passionate about those things. And I have looked forward for a very few days here of you being on this podcast today. So without further ado, Nigel, let's solve the issues at hand. Now, the first thing that you said in all of my research on you that I absolutely loved, you said, how can we make insurance more lovable? Talk a little bit about that. I don't even know where to start. I mean... I, I love this topic. I, I use it as a bit of a joke. I actually wear it on my chest. Look, it says making insurance lovable on my shirt. And I it's genuinely very believe, on brand too, by the way. I, I, I tell you what, I'm like, I'm all in, right? I'm all in. W- what I mean by it though is, is quite a straightforward, the emotion that insurance typically gives out is one of a lack of empathy, a lack of care, People feel, I was posting about this earlier today, actually on on LinkedIn, people feel like they're paying money out and getting nothing back. Correct. And it couldn't be further from the truth because we're we're those groups that are there for you when you need us. And for the small number of people that have had claims and gone through an amazing process with great adjusters, brokers, carriers, underwriters, behind the scenes to get you back on your feet as soon as possible is just brilliant. There was an article in the paper this morning that introduced people's perception of insurance as a racket of the highest order. Mm-hmm. And it just made me cry. I, I literally looked at it and went, this, this is so unfair. The number of people that I know that work so hard to make sure that we de-risk things, we keep the world moving. I just think we need to get more passionate and excited about insurance. And, I, and that's, that's my mantra. That's my mission. There's not a single organization I've worked with over the last 15 plus years that have said, let's make it harder for our customers, agents, brokers to engage with us. Not a single one. Let me solve the problem for you. Stay with me for just a moment. Okay. You mentioned in a previous video, you did Haggerty, 82 touches a year to their passionate customer base. Here's how Scott Howell solves the problem 
and gets his 50-foot statue in front of every major insurance carrier in the United States of America. What if, as carriers, each one of these carriers niched down and had different product segments for different passionate fan bases? And let me let me get let me roll through that with you for just a second. So USAA, man, military people love USAA. Love USAA. Why? Because USAA serves their tribe. You know, Americans are the most tribal people in the world. If you're an Alabama football fan, you are not an Auburn football fan. If you're a Republican, you're not a Democrat. So why doesn't Travelers Insurance have a whole program put together product team for school teachers and everything they market is for school teachers. Everything they do in that particular product line is teacher oriented commercials for teachers, the the teacher travelers, teacher insurance program. You're a teacher. We love teachers affinity affinity, but like like affinity on steroids. Yeah, I am. I'm a cyclist and actually the article, I'm an amateur cyclist. I like going out and getting dressed up in Lycra. I apologize. I try not to post too many pictures, but I just can't help myself. But what I like about LACA and I'm, I'm, I've known the team there for a long time is they bring the collective together. You go back 100 years, 50 years, insurance was built for the communities that it served. And you look at agriculture, you look at teachers, you look at dentists, you look at the mutual insurance organization, and they were geared up for school teachers. Look at what the farming industry is doing. They all know and understand your business. So I I am, Scott, I could not agree with you more when you say we will be more personalized, more relevant, and more in-depth with the customer. You've also mentioned Haggerty, and I love those guys. I've loved them for a long time. I wrote an article, as you saw, a few years back. What I liked about them was they were passionate about the things that they covered for you as well. Mm-hmm. I think from memory, they run something like 2,100 events a year for classic car or muscle car uh, drivers and owners. They just happen to do insurance. But like you and me, they're passionate about the thing they did. And that created an affiliance. Is that the right word? That created a bond or a link to go, actually, we'll look after you. And you know what? They went out and acquired a, uh, a, a business that helped you borrow other people's cars. Well, who would you trust more than anyone else? Because you've got the same level of passion and excitement about the vehicles that you wanted to drive around in that the folks who have the same passion and care. So I think there's something in it there that says if you go after the collective or the followership or the community, you've got a stronger opportunity of understanding them and them understanding you. Haggerty is an interesting case study, though, because now, now that I think about it, you know, we're appointed with Haggerty. We have one policy with them, but it may be the only insurance company I know of USAA too, to some degree, their clients freaking love Haggerty. Listen to what I'm saying, though. I'm saying each insurance carrier in America silo because when you say affinity, all I think about is if you're a right, right, blah, right, blah, blah, right. you get a 3% discount. You mean, That's you mean not like affinity on a granular level, like, like, like down, like create a special program for we're, cyclists. Yeah, we're siloing different, like, all these different things. I see where you're going though, is you're getting to a stage as a, a guy, Ray, he's fantastic. That talks about a, a concept of mass personalization for a segment of one. 
So in essence, this is my talk track I have around shifting from a product-centric insurance business to a customer-centric insurance business. And if you look at the number of products we can have per customer, often those products don't touch each other, those teams don't touch each other because they're product-centric. And the shift has to be to customer-centric. Scott, you might have auto, homeowners, pet, life, travel from lots of different places. How do we make it about Scott, not about the product? And then you get a much better experience about what's going on. And then we start to leverage technology to, to know where you are, what you're up to, so that we bring the right thing at the right time to go, Scott, you're at home, you're away, you're traveling, we've got you. Start with your customer, work your way backwards. Option number two that gets Scott's 50-foot tall bronze statue with uplighting at every insurance <laughs> carrier in America. The statue's getting more elaborate. Might be 75 feet tall. Here's the question, and please hold on before you answer. Do airlines create loyal customers or handcuffed customers? Mm. Before you answer, before you answer, is that option number two? Let me explain. If you're, you may not be a loyal Delta customer, but you may fly Delta every single time. Why? Loyalty program, credit card, reward program, free upgrades, Sky Lounge at every single airport in America. You want to take part in all of that. Could insurance carriers handcuff customers instead of having loyal customers? Meaning, Hey, Scott, every year you have your homeowners with us. You get $100 off your deductible. Mm -hmm. Then you get those five years. Somebody comes to take take that customer and they go, hey, I can't go with you. I got a zero deductible on my homeowner's insurance uh, deductible right now. Zero. Could you do that? I think we do it already. But I, I don't call that handcuffs. I call that a recognition of loyalty. You have the option to choose where you place your business year after year after year. And in, in the UK, as an example, people talk about a loyalty penalty where we don't look after you if you've stayed somewhere and you've not had the nous to go and call your agent or look at a price or shop around. Different countries around the world have different attitudes and mindsets to that. What is changing now is the policy term may change from an annual policy to a monthly or usage-based or back to your comment about me in the introduction about utility. What if you're travel insurance only kicked in when you flew on a plane. Mm -hmm. Why pay for it when you don't need it? That's not handcuffs. That's actually being smart about how we turn the right covers on and off when you need them. I will say this to you, Nigel. I do not understand the workings of insurance in the UK. I, I, I will say that. My belief is we don't do a good enough job handcuffing people here in the US. If we're going to call it that for a second, Bradley, you can, you can jump in on this, but we are viewed in the United States from an insurance carrier perspective a lot more like the cable company that raises your rate about $5 every year until you finally get tired of it than we do putting all types of reward programs together for customers that would keep them there with your with that particular carrier. That's, that's not quite true. I'll give you a really good example. In the pandemic, or at the very early stage, the US led the way, the carriers in the States led the way 
of giving money back to people that weren't driving. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think that was an outstanding move that said, we recognized you're not driving as much as you used to before your cars on your, on your driveway. And I think the U S did an amazing job at leading the way. Best marketing dollars all states ever spent being the first carrier to announce that. I will agree with that. But Nigel, here's the dirty little secret there. All, you're right. All states started that. And once that snowball left the mountain with all state, every other carrier knew they had to follow suit. Mm -hmm. Forced it was end. like, uh oh, it happened world over. And some carriers chose not to do it. Mm -hmm. But I think yeah. it's, it's back to your point. It's recognition about, you call it loyalty. I think it's just rewarding or recognizing that your customers' needs and things change over time. Mm -hmm. I am yet to find an insurer that said, Nigel, we don't, we, we've recognized you've not done X or Y in the last quarter. We're going to reduce your bill. Mm -hmm. In the world of utilities, gas, power, electricity, water, they are true utility. Yeah. And I think what's changing in insurance is the business model of insurance will start to change. And it will start to be, hey, this covers our core costs. And we're going to flex things up and down as we need to, to cover you and make sure you've got the right levels at the right time. People like this cycle insurance company in the UK, LACA, have used a stop loss at the top to go, you'll never play more than the market rate. So there are emerging business models that will make it fairer and more appealing to customers to feel like they're getting a better deal. Back to your, actually, how do we make it lovable? Well, we engage with the clients and we treat them in the ways that we think is, is the right thing to do. So my 75-foot statue that's going to be in front of every insurance carrier. Nigel, I think you will agree with me on this, and then I'm going to let Bradley dovetail in on this. Had we had the proper usage-based insurance for auto insurance, we would not have had to give back all that money. When the pandemic hit, everybody would have just gotten, you know, they didn't drive, so they didn't they didn't get billed for not driving. Speaking, they still could have but, done it. But not all people want usage based insurance. That is yeah. true. And yeah. and that again, going back to going back to water, some people like water meters. Some people like a flat rate. Correct. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think the difficulty that the industry has is. To your point about personalization, not everyone wants one size fits all. And I think we do an amazing job of providing options and always looking to how do we improve this? The question is, are we improving it 1%, 5% or 30%? And because you or I are maybe early adopters and happy to try things out, it doesn't mean to say my 77-year-old mother wants to go down the use of based insurance route because for 70 or 50 odd years of driving, she's not been used to it and she's quite happy with the way she is. So that was my question, or that, that leads into my question. You know, my, my perception of usage-based insurance as someone who is a fan of technology, is a fan of things that are forward-thinking and at the bleeding edge of the sword, I think I, I, I like it. I think it's one of those things that makes total and complete sense. You should pay a rate that is less than 1% comparable to how you drive or whatever the risk is, but... You know, I think about like there's life insurance companies that that tie into your your Apple watch and your rate is directly reflective of the health metrics that the app tracks that in and of itself makes total and complete sense where I think consumers, most of the consumers that I know are going to have a hard time with it is I think people would be in favor of you, know, you lose the consistency 
You know, let's say you have a bad month, your rate shoots up through the roof. I don't think that lends itself to longevity. You see what I'm saying? I think that's where, I think the only way you, for example, usage-based car insurance, I think the only way that takes over at a, at a mass scale is if all the insurance companies just start doing it and that's the only option. I, I feel it's inevitable. I feel it's a point at, at some point we'll get to get there anyway. If you look at North America today, the average ownership of cars is around 11 years from the stuff I've read online. You look at Europe, it's probably three to five or five to seven. So the age of the fleet or the age of the vehicle is important because you, you work out what's safe, what's not safe, how connected they are. Right. Is it embedded by default or is it an after sales piece? So you think it's inevitable that the carriers will force it, or you think it's inevitable that it's just going to happen, whether it be car manufacturers start including that technology automatically and you can link it up to State Farm or whomever. Define your definition of, of inevitable. I, I think people will want the options whether they choose to go down that route or not. And as you go forward over time, I always use my my mum or my dad as barometers looking at demographic, or I use my kids. I've got a 12-year-old and an eight-year-old and i look at them and go will you actually ever own a car or will you summon it on an app it will turn up and everything that you do is then insured along the way and i always think of those guys as young as they are now they go will you think about the things in the same way i do when it comes to acquiring or servicing insurance because frankly the way i buy insurance isn't much different to the way my parents bought it but i don't believe my kids will buy it in the same way not because insurance won't exist, it certainly will. I think it will be embedded in it and included in the thing that they want to do. Gotcha. And their ability to own a vehicle, buy an apartment or whatever else is all changing anyway. We know, we know all that globally today based on affordability, wealth, and so much more. So I think the inevitable piece for me is just change. These things will change. And one thing insurance has done an amazing job of over the years is adapting. You think about what we've done from the ability to use technology to be more efficient, to engage, to distribute, and so much more, that will change to meet these new requirements that the the next generation, the generations after them will have, whether it's a sharing economy, gig economy, or their own vehicle. I couldn't agree with you more. I think in the next, I don't know how many years, but eventually, because usage-based insurance for auto insurance, to me, is the best way to price it. You what know, about what about usage-based property insurance? Well, I, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about today in terms of homeowners insurance. I think there are parameters that you could put in place, things that uh, cameras, smoke, you know, like Smart you, stuff you yeah stuff you can kind of do now with like uh, what are, what are some of the stuff that you can like the there's loads of smoke alarms and connected yeah. home devices that are out there. Here's an interesting one. You've probably seen the same during the pandemic as we're all at home. One of the things that we saw, we reading the press, whatever else, you'll see more fires. You'll see less escape of water. Less escape of water, biggest cause of homeowners claim out there, because we're at home, we can spot it, we can fix it. More fires because people are plugging more things into outlets. And as a net result, we're overloading or whatever it might be. It's the same reason that we send out videos to customers leading into Thanksgiving to go, hey, this is how you cook a turkey. Yeah. Look, let's be honest. We, we want you to have a better turkey, but we just don't want you to burn down your house. Right. The, the turkey video that every insurance company ever sends. Yeah. Nigel, I have to move on. Here's what I need you to do. I've read 15 articles about you joining Google Cloud as the director of insurance. Can you 
get a little more granular with us today with the 250,000 insurance agents listening to this and tell them on a kind of a granular scale, what exactly you're doing on a day-to-day basis. And here was the question I had for you. How can Google Cloud help both insurance carriers and agents form emotional connections with their customers as it relates to what you're doing with Google Cloud? You're teeing up my perfect question here. It, re- it really is. So look, we have a we have an amazing capability inside cloud to support carriers, brokers, and agents. You say create an emotional connection. I, I say just create better connectivity. So for me, we are known industry-wide for our capability around data analytics, machine learning, and so much more. By applying that to the insurance carrier or the insurance value chain from end to end, we're able to exactly do that. We're able to give you better insights on what's going on inside your business. We're able to turn that from an understanding to improving the efficiency. What if we could take out unnecessary steps? What if I could give you the capability we have with products like Doc AI that allows you to consume in accord form or claim form or whatever it might be and automate it in a better fashion? Love what it. if I could give you something through your cell phone to engage in a different way. So the the ability to interconnect all the parties and shrink some of the things that we've been digitizing over the years at scale and pace, for me is the answer to how we make that insurance lovable. Because lovable for me isn't just about customers being lovable towards insurance, it's about brokers that they don't like doing, but it's always been there. So there's a there is a whole host of capability options and tools in the kit bag that will allow us to start bridging the gap here for all parties involved. Well, we t- I tell our carriers all the time, we've got to make it easier for our customers to do business with us. The way that you as a carrier selling through brokers makes it easier for the customer to do business with you is make it easier. And I know this sounds biased, makes it easier for me to do business with you. It's all right. going to trickle down. You do that through connectivity is a number one, but solving the simple problems. I couldn't agree more. Honestly, the ability to, you know, I talk about embedded insurance a lot or the ability to use APIs and services and that sort of good stuff. I think the pace of change will outrun many folks quite quickly. What I mean by that is we can take the technology and push it out very, very quickly with carriers, with agents, with brokers. And everyone wins. Everyone wins. We get to have that better experience and we spend our time doing the things that we want to do, not the things that we are hampered by or slow us down. You get to spend more time with your customers doing the right things. Nigel, fourth reason why I'm going to have a 100-foot statue in front of every insurance carrier's office headquarters uplighting. Here's what I've got. You can't pass this up. This is the greatest deal that's ever been in the history of the world. I have the greatest distribution system in the world as an independent insurance agent. I have those relationships with all of my customers. I've got the relationship. You, Nigel, you've got the data. You've got the AI. You've got all the behavioral analytics. You've got that piece of it. The carrier has the product, right? So why don't we do this? When we embed embedded services, somebody goes and buys a car, the insurance just comes with it. Why don't we utilize independent agencies 
as that partnership side piece of this, because here's what you got to be careful of. And I need you to really think about this this weekend when you get off this call. When you embed a service into a large purchase, home, car, whatever, RV, motorcycle, it's already starting to happen now. I've seen it in the last year. You lose that piece of this that is the educational piece of this, that every one of us independent agents, we're the ones that are trying to teach our clients, our prospects, educating them on insurance. We're the teachers. If you just embed a product with Toyota and you say, oh, great, when you buy this Toyota Sienna, it comes with insurance, usage-based insurance, whatever, and you don't have to think about it anymore. There's no reason to be educated at that point. We all need to play a role in that. And I, the part I play in it is I'm the guy that calls after you buy that Toyota and I go, hey, this is Scott Howell with Toyota Insurance Agency Management. Really appreciate you. Thank you for your business. I need to go over your insurance coverages with you. Make sure you understand what you got. Education, as you see from my posts, is my number one hot button. I don't think people understand what they're covered for, what they're not covered for, and not all policies are created equal. So as a net result, there are some things that will become commodities, Scott. And actually, you know what? You don't need Scott Howell calling you because it's very, very clear. And if you're stuck, we should give you a phone number or a chat bot to go. You can reach Scott whenever you want because it's very straightforward. But when I get a new loan or a mortgage or whatever else, I call my agent because they're able to tell me the pros, the cons, what's good, what's bad, what's changing in the market, whatever else. It is no different in insurance. There are some things that I will go online and I will do myself because I have the right education. I'm able to equip myself. I can jump on, watch a video, whatever it might be. But I don't deal with insurance. As, As you know, we deal with annually in most cases changing. And as a result with the, as a result of that, my annual experiences versus your everyday experience and multiple times a day, we've got to balance the Scott's the expert. And that expert advice and insight and experience comes with a cost. So let's work out the ones we think and need to understand are paying for. You might say, you might say, Nigel, hey Scott, I think you're overpaying for this. You don't need it. No one needs it for these reasons. It's not always to upsell, it could be to say, let me help you back. let me help you get the right risk for your profile. Right. When you when you do a financial analysis of someone's investments, you ask them about their risk appetite. It's no different for insurance. Hey, I know I need to cover these things. You go from risk appetite to affordability. The key thing for all these things in my mind is walking in there and saying, be being eyes wide open to what you are covered for and what you're not covered for. And that links back to the data side and go, let me help you. I've got the insights. Hey, Nigel, or hey, Bradley, did you realize customers like you that are about to take two months off paternity do this thing? It's your choice then what you do to it. But you can give them a baseline and say, Nigel, people like you, people who cycle, ride a bicycle, buy this type of insurance. Yes. So do you think the ultimate way that embedded insurance wins. And I, I I like embedded insurance because I think where a lot of insurance agents, for that matter, miss the mark is they don't realize that insurance is not the thing. Insurance is the thing that gets you to the thing, right? It's the thing that allows you to buy the house. It's the thing that allows you to buy the car. It's the bond that allows you to get the job, 
it's not the end of the road. It's the thing that gets you there. And so embedded insurance is the living, breathing, physical version of that, right? It's, it's a part of the process. Do you think where embedded insurance ultimately wins and ultimately is successful where people can be successful with embedded insurance is pairing that with may not be an agent, but it may be someone that's educated on the back end that actually makes sure there's some checks and balances in place that this policy is written correctly and this customer's protected in the proper fashion. Without doubt. And if you think of, if you break down the insurance world, when we talk about embedded, we typically talk about rate quote bind. We're not talking about service, midterm adjustment or all the things that go with it. What happens in point of claim? It might be embedded, but they need to be able to go back to someone. So yeah. it it replaces some part of it, but not all of it. And I think this is where we get we we often miss out. We miss out the all right. Let's make the acquisition easier. But what about all the things that happen when I need to go somewhere to help get help? Preach. So this is why I think the, the value chain will change and evolve. Mm-hmm. Some people might feel that the evolution on the front end through acquisition is oh that's harsh and you don't need agents or whatever else. Don't forget, we're there for you when you need us. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? To the very earlier point Scott made about Haggerty and others, it's the services. What are the other things I can get that it's will wrap around me? Yeah, yeah. It to me, that's where I don't want insurance. I want home. I want home tracking. Mm-hmm. I don't want health insurance. I want to be told how I can be healthier. Mm-hmm. If you go through the ages, there was a, a guy who said to me years ago. He said, insurance used to be there for you after the event. Today, it's there for you at the event. In 100 years' time, it's going to be there for you ahead of the event. Yeah. Mm. My biggest frustration with a lot of, of insure tech carriers that we deal with uh, on the broker side is it's they make this super slick UI, UX. The, the quote to bind process is amazing. You know, quote to bind, 15 seconds. You get your policy documents and email right away. But everything on the back end is ran like a really, really antiquated carrier from 1985. And it's like, yeah, it's great that you made it really easy for us to buy policies. But the fact that I have to call somebody and wait three days to get a mortgagee change back is not beneficial to the, the moving the, the ball one step forward for the insurance industry. You know, like we need both sides. Like I would be super happy today if one of our carriers did everything normally with applications and everything on the front end, but made the service side super slick and the claim side super, super efficient. You know, you got to have both. We will get there. Go ahead, Scott. We will. We will. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Fifth reason why I'm going to have a 125 foot <laughs> Scott Howell statue in the do, front do of you press a button on the statue and it starts, it talks. Yeah. Here it comes. And let me tell you who came up with this. I didn't come up with this. Nigel came up with this. He was my conduit for this. He said something that I heard, and it was like a light bulb went over my my head when he said it. He was Is this talking, light bulb on the statue? Yeah, right. Yeah. He said he was talking about price. Geico and everybody's tried to commoditize insurance since the 80s, really. Price versus value. And then he got into a conversation about raiders and if you really think about it what does a raider do a raider is giving the insurance agent lowest price so we're every time we use a raider we're going lowest price what if we had a raider that instead of just price 
also somehow through AI or through that whatever that Nigel comes up with for me, because we're going to make a billion dollars off this, also spit out, okay, almost like an airline does with like, okay, this is the lowest fare, but this is the the one that has – this coverage, this endorsement, this is the best. This is the best rate. I mean, best policy for this customer may not be the lowest. Mm-hmm. Boom. But this is where you get that. This is where you use data to become dynamic and dynamic to the customer's needs. How many times have you booked a hotel where you go, you know, I want the cheapest rate or I want flexibility? Correct. And you've got to be able to pay for the flexibility. Correct. The the key thing in all those is give me the options and let me make my choice. Yeah. Nigel, here's the problem. Right now in the insurance industry, Bradley, correct me if I'm wrong. There's not what I just described is not out there. Not, not at scale. The Raider um, just gives all that Raider's doing is yeah, giving you price. Not at scale. You I, I, one thing did come to mind though, and this is not a paid endorsement. They're not a, a sponsor of the podcast, but they should uh, be for the low, pro, low price of two million dollars. Pro Riders. You familiar with Pro Riders, Nigel? Not what I'm familiar with. Pro Riders is a. Uh, essentially a cyber insurance MGA. Uh, so they've got like 10 or 15 carriers on there and they have their own proprietary rater. Um, but you enter the info in and it gives you 10 or 15 quotes and it does exactly what Scott just said. It gives you not only in that moment, does it give you the broker, you know, every, the high points you need to know about each carrier, but then there's a coverage comparison document. There you go. That it pulls up and it lists literally, I mean, it's got like, 50 or 60 line items on it, everything, every coverage you could possibly imagine down to bodily injury on cyber coverage. And it tells you if each carrier has it and if they do what the limit is. So I, I kind of think about that, you know? I say it might scare you to know in the UK or European markets, we've got the concept of price comparison websites, but they are exactly that. They are price comparison. You put in 48 bits of information for a homeowner's, Within 60 seconds, you get 90 quotes back, ranked by price, not by value, not by claims payout ratio, not by coverage. It's not unnormal for each of those policies to be slightly different because they're not comparing limits like for like. You can put in there your deductible, whatever else you want to set to go, hey, I want it to be 400 400 bucks deductible or 300 bucks it will set those up. It, the rater gives you back those things very quickly, and then you choose. And Insight will tell you, typically, folks of our age, let's call it 21, will choose a brand they recognize. Mm. My kids who can't afford it will choose the cheapest one without looking at the detail. Right. Yeah. My mom might go and say, you know what? I don't recognize that brand. I'm going to go and call those people to make sure it, gets, it, gets what, it has what I've got. My, my poor mom gets called out in all these podcasts. She, um, I did her insurance with her a few weeks back. She wanted me to add lost key cover for her auto policy. How many times do you think she's lost her keys in her entire life? Zero. Zero. And it added a decent percentage. I'm like, mom, why do you need this? But people want things that they feel are important to them. Right. Back to the point, Scott. There's no point saying one size fits all and everyone's going to have usage-based. I've never bought lost key cover, but equally I've never lost my keys. Maybe when I do lose my keys, I might then buy it. But by the time that happens, hopefully the keys will be on my cell phone. By the time that happens, you're, it's never, probably never going to happen again. You have another 86 years before it happens again. Well, it's well like, the, only, the, only way, the only way usage-based becomes 
just a standard is exactly what Bradley said. Yeah. And that, that would be that all carriers got together and said, guys, the only way we can do this accurately and give people the correct coverage at the right price is we're going to have to all do this at the and same the cars time. and the vehicles come with the technology already right. in there. But it's, it's funny. You mentioned brand brand is so important. <laughs> and I think it was the podcast with you. It was Ryan Hanley on Ryan Hanley's show. Uh, who's a very good friend of ours. I talked to Ryan every day. I talked to him twice today. And I think it was the episode with you where he mentioned Minecraft. My daughter yes. plays Minecraft. I have no idea what, what, what it is, but Basically, he said, if I was an insurance carrier, I think he used Hippo as an example. When yeah. I build my whatever you build in Minecraft, it gives you the option to insure it with Hippo. And I would have every eight-year-old in the world knowing Hippo. It would be the best marketing dollars ever spent. Guess who the, the, the high likely chance they're going to buy their freaking insurance from when they get turned 19, 20 years old and buy a house? Honestly, I thought it was a genius idea. It was oh, genius. Well, he, we were talking about Minecraft because I, I'm like you. I have no idea what goes on there. Yeah. My son watches YouTube videos of people playing this. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. But you're right. If you concede, if you concede the value of it, and this is important, it's not about the brand or the price. And this is, this is a, Hey, my son can protect about his little house or world. He's built from my daughter coming in and blowing it up or stealing stuff. Yeah. And this is what you've got to give up. Stop sowing seeds to make pumpkins. You need this thing rather than whatever else. And you can gain an extra life or protect it. And when by he, the way, that's with whoever. When he said that I was in the gym and I dropped my dumbbell and looked at myself in the mirror and was like, oh my God, that's the best I've ever heard. <laughs> but there is there is things like Second Life. I think we talked about it on the podcast as well, where these virtual worlds existed. And there's, again, it's, there's so many exciting opportunities to start changing perception, educating, and bringing people up to speed earlier about what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But no, you know, too, back to the Raider thing, it's like, you know, th there there definitely is more commoditization of of policies these days, and uh, you know, you reminded me of a conversation I had. So I'm a big big supporter of Tarmica, Commercial Raider. I, I don't have any stake in the company, or they're not a sponsor or anything. I'm just really big friends with Ragov, and as is Scott, uh, and we use the product. But um, there was a, a small bop carrier, Tarmica is a small bop Raider that I was trying, and they're a, they're an insure tech, like like that. It's, it's I, I know Ragov. Quick, easy. And I, well, the carrier I was talking to was InsureTech and I was trying to convince them to get on Tarmica, which they could probably do in a week if they wanted to. And they said, well, we don't want to do that because at that point you're commoditizing the product. And I said, guys, you're selling a small bop with the, no special coverages at all. Like, what do you think you're doing? Like, I'm just not going to quote you. Like I've got six carriers, mind you, they're Chubb, Markel, uh, Liberty. I mean, they're, they're not fly-by-night companies. You are. <laughs> I'm just not going to quote you. You know, like like there there definitely needs to be a little bit of self-awareness from the carrier standpoint of, hey, we are somewhat commoditized. We have to figure out what our differentiator is, but at the same time, don't make it more difficult for agents or clients or whomever to get quotes. We're going to have an a la carte menus that help you stand out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Think of it the opposite. Like this is your opportunity to stand out, not get lost in the, in the throes of things. You, you can almost argue all cars are equal that have three or four wheels and get you made to be safely. 
Yeah. What's the difference between a Hugo and a and a Corvette at that point? Price of insurance, probably. Price of insurance, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. All right. Definitely. Last question. Very selfish of me, but I have to speak on behalf of the 250,000 agents listening to this. How will Google Cloud help the 250,000 independent insurance agents listening to this podcast meet their prospects and clients, customers, where they want to be met? As I, as I said, I think the, te- the, te- the technology evolution and the ability to put this in people's hands and connect you to the carriers in a simple, let's be easier to do business with, will give us that opportunity. We're, we're sitting here on a Zoom call miles from each other, connecting like we're sitting across the table. And I'm looking forward to doing that too. But the ability to bring people together in whole different ways, connect them will be the thing that changes us from time to time going forward. I think the capabilities inside Google Cloud truly will accelerate and enable. And once we've got there, we'll never go, we'll never go back. It's like the cat's out of the bag or the toothpaste out of the tube. You don't want to put it back in. You can't put it back in because it's now better. Mm-hmm. How many meetings have you done, Scott, via Teams, Zoom, Meet, or whatever else that were actually, hey, that was better than a four-hour drive. We've been more efficient. It's done. I'm not saying we're never going to do the four-hour drive again. We'll save those for the, 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 the times we need them, but we've been super efficient as a result of it. Mm-hmm. The same will apply to lots of things that we can do going forward. Could not agree more. That's a perfect answer. <laughs> I love this space. I think we have so much to do. There is so much opportunity. I'm excited about what it's going to look like in 12, 24, 36 months. I'm really curious about what it's going to look like in 10 years. Yeah. I think we all are. There's probably going to be a thousand foot statue in front of every insurance carrier. (laughs) Well, so the big question is, will Scott be shirtless on the statue? Of course. I'm going to tell you the question. I'm going to tell you the question I didn't get to, which really wasn't even a question. It was more of a statement. So great brands, great brands create shared value. They create shared value. And I think sometimes insurance carriers, from a culture standpoint, the brand, everything for the brand, that brand has to push and influence decision-making as it relates to management. And sometimes I feel like those don't connect. And I think there's an opportunity there for insurance carriers and agencies, for that matter. You know, if we're going to talk about, we've got the greatest customer experience in the world, and that's... Whatever our culture and our and our brand is, that needs to feed down to the decision making in that company. You know, I, I wrote an article about a brand about six years ago, and I analyzed almost every single strap line for an insurer. And I can almost tell them to you about whether it's every step of the way or right there with you or there when you need us. There it's when you how- need us. It's there. How do we live and breathe those principles? And I have to say, the organizations, the teams that work with them, people are people. There's, a, there's some amazing superhuman efforts that people go through to look after customers, which is why I said at the very beginning, that article in the press that said they didn't like insurance just got to me because I think it's a great opportunity for engaging customers in a whole new way and making people realize that when people do make a claim, we're there. We've got you in the house. Something yep. goes wrong in the house. 
something gets stolen, you have an accident, we're there. And people don't realize, because not everyone claims, of course, rightly so, but the folks that do and go through a good experience, NPS is high, claims payout is high. There's always going to be exceptions. But boy, oh boy, do we do we go the extra mile to make sure customers are put back to, in our worlds, what pre-loss might look like. Correct. Nigel, thank you for being on the podcast. I have, th- I have three more pages of questions I didn't get to, so bad news for you. You got to come back on. Hey, and come join us on InsureTech Insiders at some point, too, and tell us more about the uh, the industry or talk about the news and stuff like that. I, I've really enjoyed it. As you can tell, I love the, I love the industry. <clears throat> I'm loving where it's going. We're going to have some fun going forward. Hey, I heard you say that Emma said she didn't want to go hang out with a industry event sometime. <laughs> I I always give out to Jay at InsureTech Connect because it's always on her birthday. So that's the only reason I get in a load of trouble for it. So it's Jay and Caribou's fault. I understand. Guys, you were listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. And as I always end every episode, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Go out into the big, bad world. Build relationships. Make money for your family, for your wife, for your husband for your kids' college fund, for your parents that are struggling out there. Go figure out what your why is and go sell the shit out of insurance. Write good business for the companies that you represent and write good business for the agencies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, dude. Thanks, Nigel. Nigel, we love you. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you so much for being on today. We wish you nothing but the best. And we look forward to seeing you back on the podcast soon, too. You're listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we'll see you back here real soon. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. We thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.